0: So I have a question for both of you. How late oh. did you used to stay up when you were like 16 years old? How late did your parents let you stay up at night? Ooh. Uh, on a school night, like re- school re- night, regular. Yeah.
1: So my school started at 7.05. So we had to get there at, to get parking, which is ridiculous. Get there at 6.35, 6.30, wow. which mm-hmm. means I was up like 5.45 because I don't like to just get up and leave. So I just naturally would, I mean, 10 to 11 would be normal weekends probably two three okay julie
2: probably 10 i've always been an early to bed person like i'm a done at a certain point so yeah. i'm not a late night person but there's definitely some
1: to... late nights in there like if i was like oh dating someone new or if there's like something <laughs> i was a nerd i was like gaming on a computer and there was like we were just into whatever the game it was but that was, that was probably more middle school I have to middle ask, because i
0: grew up in an extremely conservative household, and so I remember. As a kid, like six to eight years old, going to sleep when it was still light out. That's and torture. like my whole neighborhood playing, you know, <laughs> where all the backyards are connected. And I could mm-hmm. watch kids playing tag from my window. And then I remember, I think I was 16 years old and my dad was like, you can stay up until 10 now. And by the time I was a junior in high school, I think I could stay up till the 11 o'clock news. And then I had to go to bed. Like it wasn't a, like go to bed when you want to, like you're in bed. So I, so I, I, I don't have great context to reality here, but man, oh man I have a, I have a teenage daughter who's 16, who's dating somebody mm-hmm. now for the last two months. And it okay. was, it, to your point, Andrew, like my wife was like, remember when we had, we talked on the phone one time for eight hours in a row, like until like three in the morning. <laughs> it's it's like, like, I don't, well, how old were we? Actually, I don't remember that. That sounds because crazy, <laughs> yeah. Because back then there were no cell phones, so that means no one used the dial-up internet at the house or whatever. Like, oh,
1: anyway. someone could be listening the whole time as well. Yeah, yeah. You never yep.
0: know. <laughs> um, well, the good thing is that dealing with teenagers who are irrational gives me, I think, good insight into how to deal with some of the irrationality of people's <laughs> thought processes in today's yeah. market. So.
1: It's almost easier just like these people are being teenagers right now. That sounds mean, but
0: no, <laughs> yeah, you could be like, like, yeah,
1: oh, well, that's okay.
0: It's the, in, and we'll dig into this once we, once the show actually starts, but it's the intentionality towards the good that, that leads people in a direction. Like I want to do the right thing. I don't think they're like a teenager with a messy room saying, I don't care. They want to do the right thing. It's leading them down a path and and helping them, quickly make a certain set of decisions, but without slowing down and really thinking it through from the perspective of the customer, especially, which is, I think, what our job is a lot of times just to be like, yeah, totally makes sense from a, we're wargaming this around a a virtual boardroom table. But then when the customer goes on your site and sees this, I'm not sure if they're going to view it the same way we do. True. All right, let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at do Welcome to episode 251. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak and Julie Jarnigan. Hello. So excited to be
2: here. 251. 251.
1: 251. That's an easy to remember number, 251. Don't know why.
0: We did a, like a compressed episode for 250 because things were super busy. They're still super busy, but we're going to have a little bit more time today, and we've got a lot of stuff to go through, so let's jump right into story time. And Julie... All right. off.
2: Well, I have on the list here, pro- productivity hack. That sounds Ooh. like early, like when the internet stuff was just getting started, yeah. everybody was yeah. all about the productivity. It's like when hacks. you learn how to
0: take your t-shirt off with like a single motion.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's old school, but no, I do this and I just wondered if anybody else does this or if it's a strange thing to do, but I've done it for years and it's so helpful for me. So when I have trouble Focusing or choosing what I'm going to work on, or feeling overwhelmed because there's a million things on my task list and I don't know where to start. I list everything that I want to either get done in the day or work on in the day. Then I count them and I pull up my random number generator and I type it in. Like if I have 15 things on my list, sometimes I'll type it in, it'll tell me which one to do, and I will make myself do work on that thing for at least 10 minutes. Like I'll turn my timer on sometimes it'll get done. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I just need 10 more minutes and this thing will be finished. Sometimes it's a big project and it's like, okay, well, I'm speaking a month away, but I got my outline done or I opened up a PowerPoint and saved it somewhere. So it's something that just gets me rolling enough to get focused. And then either I'll do it again, use my little random number generator, or then my brain prioritizes like, well, you really do need to work on that one thing. You need to knock that out. So yeah, it's kind of random, but it works for me and I've done it.
0: I like it. It's much healthier too. than my, um, you know, Adderall in my case. Right? A- Adderall might <laughs> like, help
2: me too. <laughs> I don't know
1: what would happen to me in Adderall because I never <laughs> had that. I feel like I'd get a lot done. I've know? been
0: professionally diagnosed, everyone. It's not yes, a habit. Prescribed.
1: I thought this was an Adderall <laughs> commercial for a second. And there's this magic. That sounds, it, uh, you get momentum.
2: Mm -hmm. You're like, that's the
1: hardest part. Sometimes it's just like getting started. Yeah.
2: And sometimes in a day you're like messing around, like you're spending too much time on email or really low priority things. And you just need something to like make you get going.
0: Well, it's the, like, I don't know if we're getting too metaphysical here, but it, it, what's interesting about your solution for yourself, which everyone has to find the solution for themselves is you're finding some, you're unlocking something by releasing control of which item it is.
2: Yes. Yes. I don't have to make the decision. Like fate mm -hmm. makes the decision for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's decision fatigue is absolutely a real, Mm -hmm. a real issue in all of our lives. And one of these days I'm going to convince my wife to let me wear the same clothes every day. So I don't have to think about that.
1: Oh, I'm halfway there. I'm almost there.
0: Almost there. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Now, do you think you also mentioned like you make yourself work on it for 10 minutes Mm
2: -hmm.
0: back to, um, For those of you who listen to the pre-show, my my teenage kids, that's where, that's where we've come to on the room. It's like, I do not expect your room to be perfect every day of every week. They just have to clean it completely once a week, but I do just, just spend five minutes of intentionality organizing, like pushing it all into a pile is fine, but five minutes a day is all just from that, that maintenance standpoint of at least keeping again, your word, Andrew, some momentum towards keeping this room from going into complete and utter, you know chaos you're like,
1: like listen the, to two songs seven the
0: seventh that's in realm of hell or whatever from Dante's Inferno right like it don't, we don't have to have it be heaven on earth but just keep it from you know ring two
2: well all. and that's probably part of it I can be a perfectionist and so I don't want to work on something if I can't do it perfect so this just makes me do something and then I kind of start to get over that so yeah
0: yeah I love yeah. it Andrew I what
1: do like you got it. Ooh, I got a fun one. It fits this cleaning the room theme perfectly. <laughs> or at least I'll try to make it fit. It has seemed like this past uh, three, four, five months, the attention towards, in my mind, viewing a lot of Google ad accounts with our builders. And then for the past 13, 14 years, you get a this sense of, I guess it's almost intuition. Like what effect does site links have? Or what effect does this have? Or this little thing here? or Why is Google telling me to do this with my Google ads? And over time, you're like, that's a half a percent lift. Maybe that lift is, we can't even measure it. We don't even know. Like those things aren't worth the time to do. So it's almost like you send your kid to go clean their room. I have three. So I'm like, A, B, and C. Like, all right, let's clean your room. Go put on three songs. That's all you have to clean your room for. And that, <laughs> that way it's not like 10 minutes. Or are like, oh, three songs? Cool. Yeah. I could find three songs I like. It never works out. But And they're looking for like the easy things. Yeah, I'm like, still oh, okay I, I want... Yeah, that's how I, that's how I clean dead. the kitchen too. I'm like, all right, a lady play this. I won't say her name because then someone's going to be like, stop it. Don't say your name. Like they're going for like their pair of shoes. That's like, just pick it up. It's like 10 seconds. And that won't really clean the room versus like you walk into our middle child room. And you're like, what in the world happened? He likes, he's seven years old. He still likes stuffed animals, which is hilarious. There'll be like 30 of them from since he's been born. The whole room, there's no floor anymore. Yet he'll pick up like a pair of socks or a pair of shoes like in the corner. And I'm like, Micah, like, why don't you pick these up? Oh, I don't know. And then it's like the hard, that's the hard work, even though like he could do it in a, in a small amount of time. But I feel like there's like this gravitation towards with Google ads in particular, because it is so many options compared to Facebook. Like, oh, let's optimize this. This will be, this is a silver bullet to get more leads. It's like, well, that's really just, that's the sock in the corner. Like, yeah, you need to pick it up. Like maybe, but like, look at this big mess in the middle here. Not good, but it might involve other people. So there's a lot of different factors for each person that I've had these conversations with. We're like, well, that I have to talk to this person and then this person and this big, big deal. And so I could see with the the attraction or almost like not attraction, but almost forced into like, I'll just pick up those pair of socks because then at least I feel like I'm doing something. But the rest of this, I need so many other people.
0: Yeah, I think I think the other way I just kind of would summarize what I feel that's similar is this desire to make sure that everything you're doing is a hundred percent perfect before you start getting involved in some other aspect of the business that would impact the ultimate end goal of a sale. Yeah. And that's not usually worth waiting for. If you, if you matrix style, just watch the numbers in your, in your head, Yeah, you know, that if you're working towards your 5% improvement on all of your doing on the advertising, but you know, the current conversion rate is 0.2% on the site and you know, it's because of a lack of content or lack of competitiveness to what is available down the street from someone else. It's worth addressing both those things at once because your 5% improvement is yours to control. But if you don't start the process of conversation around the other things, it's going to take other people's time. I think generally speaking, the people who are most successful, at least in our industry, I'm, I'm guessing this applies to all industries, are the ones who can figure out how to help people work with them towards mm. the goal, even though they're not, they don't report to you, they're in a different, like how do you create the team within, within the organization that can cross uh, different company lines?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: And I just don't think most people are willing to put the time in to do that because it takes, it can take years to develop those connections. And most people now don't even want to stay at the same company unless they're running it for more than, you know, they're like, I'm not the CEO after two years, I'm out, you know, or this home building thing's getting tough. I'm out. It takes time, but that's, that's what you got to get to because the and that goes, actually, this connects to your story time too. That yeah, and that if you don't, yeah. And if you don't start momentum on like, that's part of the way you should be organizing your list is getting things done is a method that I, the GTD method, getting things done. It's a trademark term. Look it up. It's a good book, uh, good resource. But if you can get something done yeah, in two minutes, I like, like just go ahead and do it. Knock it off yeah. your list. Yeah. There's no reason to delay it. When you're looking at that list and you say, hmm, this relies on someone else, then you better prioritize that earlier because it's going to be delayed because you're waiting on someone else or another group of people to get it done. And so, I think that's the way I'd wrap it up, Andrew, is it's not that the 5% isn't worth going after, Yep. but not at the expense of not addressing the bigger issue.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good. And that goes summary.
0: back to the, the using the data to prevent denial concept that I think we talked about last week for a bit. Is mm-hmm. the data should clearly be like, yeah, we'll go and fix that 5%. But yeah. don't use that as the reason to delay having those more important discussions and, and bigger decisions to be made.
1: Yeah, and the 5% adds up. If, um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if appointments and sales don't follow. It's right. like, good job. Isn't we talked about different analogies the other day? And it's like, you have the kitchen at a restaurant and the dishwasher or the line cook. Whoever's like, I got my station. Good. Like we have plenty of bread. It's like, no one cares because we're not selling anything. <laughs> like who are you making it for?
0: Yeah. You have, you have bread piling do. up because there's not bread going out to people. because There's no one sitting at the tables. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. My story time there's a couple things. I want to, for those of you who are not driving a vehicle, okay, close your eyes with me and just listen to me describe this house. It is a home in the Charlotte area that is currently available for sale for an amazing value of $799,600. dollars mm-hmm. The Arlington is an award-winning floor plan with a two-story family room that allows light to flow from room to room. Conveniently located on the main level is a bedroom and bath, as well as a flex room. The kitchen, situated between the family room and game room, is optimized for storage and designed for ease of cooking. This open floor plan makes entertaining a breeze. The main suite is located on the second floor and features a large walk-in closet, luxurious bath, and shower. Now, all you know about the home is that description, how much does that light the kindle of desire for you to want to go see this house or to learn more about it or to take the next step? My hunch is not enough. For $800,000, I gave you, I mean, I read it slowly, but I think we got four sentences in there, all pretty generic, all discussing how rooms are connected to other rooms for the most part or where they're physically located within the house. Now, for bonus points, I can show you all of the images related to this house on this site. And you would get a single exterior photograph of the home. And that's it. Oh.
1: Why am I starting <laughs>
0: that's a, here? That's funny. <laughs> Why am I starting here? Because there is so much continued focus of what is the other thing we can try? What is the other thing we can do? What is the new channel we can unlock to get more and more eyeballs. Uh, I was talking with a builder this past week. One of the largest vendors in, in the new home industry is shutting down their SEO department. Ooh. And um, they're like, so, you know, this vendor can no longer service us. Should, what should we do? Should we go get another vendor, Kevin? And I said, well, how much are we talking about here that you're spending? And they said, uh, it equates like 15 $18,000 a year in SEO services. And this is a builder that will close next year, probably 50 to 70 homes. Oh man. And one of their inventory homes is, is in the state that I just read to you. And so it's, you don't need to spend anything on SEO. What you need is more pictures on your website, yeah. better descriptions that actually entice emotives, like emotions, uh, and increase desire. That will improve your time on site, your conversions, which will equate into better rankings, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, again, this is the hard part for us, but it's our job at Do You Convert, is to keep pointing people back to the market-proof algorithm and back to what the actual issue is. And the stressful part, I think, for, for marketers is Again, it's, sometimes it's easier to just be like, "Hey, what can, what can be magically solved for me?" And there is no magical solution to this stuff. This is the nitty gritty blocking and tackling. Again, we've talked about this many, many times over the last couple months. If you cannot market a single home well, a down market is not going to be a happy place for you. I
1: don't know why, but like making a irresistible. I was trying to think about the best word page for a single home. Even though if you have hundreds of them to do, that's a, that that's oh geez, that sounds daunting. But like, I made this, look at this beautiful page. No one can say no to this page as far as like the attitude. Now for being pulled in hundred different directions, you have 15 minutes to yeah. do it. That's ridiculous. You need more, you need significantly more time than that. And maybe that's,
0: like yeah. A hard I mean, Julie, issue, you heard, But
1: like, that's exciting to me. Like maybe through amazing. the
0: downturn as well. Like you can't not market individual homes well. I think that's maybe coming to light to me in a, in a new or different way this time around is how many people want to just talk about the brand of the company or the neighborhood. It's like those are awesome and necessary, but we can't skimp out on the individual home attention and content and story. Yeah, what yeah. they're buying.
2: Absolutely. And I was also, it wasn't that long ago that I was the person having to write a description for this home. And here's the problem, or a floor plan, or whatever. They hand you the bare minimum. All you see is like three bed, two bath, this floor plan, whatever. Sometimes you need to go get something else to add. Like you, sometimes you can't write it just from that. You either need to go walk the house you need to go talk to the design department about what makes that floor plan. You haven't seen special. Sometimes I think that you get this email and you're working off of nothing and you're like, this is the best I can do. Sometimes you're going to have to do more legwork to have something to write about and take photographs about. It's going to take a little more work.
0: It it was about a month and a half ago. We're on one of our calls uh, with someone who'd been in the industry for about a year and a half. I said, um, tell me more about this, this neighborhood. And they said, I've never, I haven't been to that one yet. Like, um, okay. Well, when do you typically get out in the field and and see stuff? Oh, I, I don't really have time to do that. I don't really get out there. We, we created documents before and sent them out about like, here's what you do on the times you go out in the field, but especially now, Field days become more important to do what you just described, Julie. If nothing else, go walk those inventory homes with a new set of eyes, thinking about what what holes can I fill in the content that I'm missing to make that perfect page that you described, Andrew. It's just incredibly yeah. important. The other part of my story time is um, quickly sharing two fantastic examples of messaging from builders that we've seen. Uh, the first and, and probably my overall favorite is from a builder, uh, Empire Communities in Atlanta. They worked with Anthony Grass on this messaging um, and program, I believe. But what they did is something that I've not seen anyone do. It says, for a limited time, ask us how you can save up to $500 a month on your mortgage for the next seven years. So they quantify the time period of the savings as well as the amount. I think that's that's really, really well done. And the and the best uh, individual example of kind of, if we can get to that, that's great.
1: And that picture, I'm usually, I, I'm a hater of like stock photos. It's not a stock photo.
0: It's not a stock photo, right. But it's but done family, well. It's, it's, not it's a family cheesy. at a table in front it's of a It's not over the
1: top. It's, I don't know, if you could find it, if you're listening versus watching this and, and the DYC all access, like, I think that is perfection.
0: Yeah, if, it's really if my good, opinion matters, really matters on it. it. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, on the other extreme, right? If if that amount per month is not interesting, like let's say you do the math and your financing program is only saving someone seventy bucks a month, <clears throat> the folks at Ideal Homes in Oklahoma came up with a great way to talk about it, where they're, they're looking at the total savings over the lifetime of the loan. So at the top of the page, there's a sticky bar that says. Save up to $90,000 on your mortgage with the new lower interest rates for a limited time only. And that's talking about over the total life of the loan, you'll save 90 grand. So it's not it's not 90 grand up front. It's not $90,000 off. But that the intention of what they're doing is to make people stop and go, wait a minute. I need to know about this. What is this thing? And I think that's a great uh, secondary alternative if you're, if your individual monthly savings number isn't impressive.
1: Yeah, especially yeah. if they've been shopping other builders that don't say that. They're like, well, I mean, we have to talk to Ideal because they have this thing on the site that said $90,000. let us just see see if it's legit or not. Yep. Fair sure enough, we'll um, find out.
0: The, the last thing that I... Well, actually, there's two things. <clears throat> Maybe we won't have time for all these articles, but but these are really good, I promise, and I'm excited to talk about them. The first is... It, um One of the builders we work with has had a remarkably steady level of inbound leads. So the most leads in a month that they've had this year is 600. The fewest leads they've had this year is in the uh, low to mid fours. And even the last three to four months, they've been right around 500. So there's variation in there for sure. But overall, in comparison to what other builders are experiencing, it's incredibly steady. And it's incredibly steady because they are very pragmatic in what needs to be done. I like that word. Kind of, you take all the stuff that we talked about, get in the way of people <clears throat> doing what they need to do and, and taking the next step and keeping momentum. And they just, they're looking at the data, they take feedback and they're like, okay, let's change it and let's do this. And so if I described some of the things that they're doing, like, I think a lot of people listening or people we have a call with, we would show them those numbers and be like, oh my gosh, how do we duplicate that? And then when we told, tell them what to do, they would look down sadly and be like, I don't think we want to do that then. Hmm. And what I'm describing is nothing about like bait and switch or offering gift cards or tricking people at all. Sounds they good. just, and so I, I keep going back to this example of it. You can be proud about your approach and your tactics and broke if you want to be, or you can do it. you need to do to get the next step of the process started and then continue to innovate from there. But I am just surprised at how many people just want to be proud with doing what, what they've, or, or like you referenced earlier, Andrew, like, well, but this was working great for us in February,
1: February, as if count. that's
0: something to cling to now,
1: June doesn't count. July doesn't count. August. I, I, um, knowing that group that you talked about, I, this might sound a little bit sarcastic and maybe it is. I don't, know if there's any truth to it. Um, but the person at the helm, avid fisherman, hunter, right? Mm-hmm. So either you're either catching a fish or you're or you're not, right? There's no like there's a fish on the boat or not. So I feel uh-huh. like his the way he operates his brain is like, well, there's no leads or there's leads. Let's get the leads. Like there's not where he said pragmatic. I'm like, oh, my favorite word. Like he just yeah. like shifts. All right. There's no fish on this side of the boat. We're gonna go over here.
0: Yeah. And a little bit more insight because I'm sure people would be curious. The only thing that's not working as part of their overall process is the same thing that's not working very well for anyone right now is appointment to sale. But they're still setting a lot of appointments. They're still passing off a lot of people to the sales team. The continued piece of feedback we hear market-wide is the sales team is not doing enough follow-up on their end after those leads are passed on. And in particular this is probably more me, me complaining now, is that when I look in the CRM, salespeople are giving very direct answers to questions they should not be giving direct answers to. Mm. Like, oh, that $500 a month savings, what home is that on? And just telling them the exact home and the scenario of, well, that's on a million dollar townhome in Atlanta. Oh, okay, bye. I'm not interested in that price point. Versus saying, yeah, we have absolutely amazing financing programs that can save you hundreds of dollars a month. Let's figure out what home you want, what are you looking for, and then understand financing will change, et cetera. I just don't understand why there's, I mean, I understand where it comes from. It comes from the, we're so busy, we have to give factual answers so the the people on the fence just go away because we don't have time for them. But those are the two things that everyone's still struggling with. Okay, my last story time, and then we'll move on. Sheesh. We were talking about, for another builder, a situation where people have interacted with an on-site salesperson Then they go to an event of some kind and trying to allow customers to raise their hand at that point and and self-schedule another meeting right then and there when emotions are higher at the event versus trying to to do it later. And there was concern about, well, but they've already talked to a particular salesperson. How do we make sure we route that back? And certainly there's tools like Calendly and other other ways to do that with the system. But ultimately it was like, just let them raise their hand, say, I'm ready to take an, an appointment. Get someone to reach out and touch base and figure it out after the fact. But don't don't add any friction to the process of oh, I'm oh, committing to this exact like just
1: That's I'm, awkward too. <laughs> Maybe it's some millennial me, but probably like I would I would be offended. I know that's that sounds like Diva ish, but like I'm trying to give you guys half a million dollars. I don't four letter word, who gets the commission? Is that right. selfish? But I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not even like,
0: sure that that's, it's like I don't not having issue, the customer have to repeat themselves. But they shouldn't already, get involved
1: like, in that whatsoever. I think like,
0: yeah, well, just you scenes. do what's best for the customer. And, and I I think that's secondary to, to my point, but you're right. The first point was just make it easy for them to say, okay, I want, I need help. Raise, raise your hand digitally again. Yeah. And it reminded me of when QR codes first came out and everyone was losing their mind that this was the next greatest thing in marketing a lot of builders wanted to create a QR code specifically for every one of their inventory homes. Ooh, that's a lot. And again, conceptually that's you're thinking in the right way about that of I'm in front of this house, I want information about this house, so I want to scan that QR code. But when you think about it in totality, that's a terrible idea if you have 100 total inventory homes around your marketplace in 12 different neighborhoods or 15 different neighborhoods, because the maintenance on that is crazy. And when that QR code is used, it's gone, right? It's just unsustainable and actually not even fully helpful to the consumer. Yeah. So the better answer, which was better in multiple ways, was just make the QR code link to the all of the available inventory homes at the community level on the site. So there might be four homes, you scan the QR code, the consumer is not going to get lost. Like I can't find the one home I'm standing in front of among the four, but you're also giving them the opportunity to reconsider all four. You don't have to redo the QR code because that page is always going to be live on the site, whether there's one, four, or potentially even none. It's just, it made sense. And so just that, that first initial thing can be well-intentioned, but thinking it through entirely is really important. And also, this happens over and over and over again. It just happened with a new uh, ad format or an old ad format that we found now is significantly more effective. Like, And the great thing is it's also easier to build. It's easier to maintain. It's easier all around. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be hard. Like, There are some things that have to be hard until you can automate them and figure out ways to make them smoother. A whole bunch of stuff doesn't have to be hard
1: either. Yeah, I'll take those.
0: All right, now a quick word from our supporting partner, Opendoor. Home builders, does your customer need to sell before they buy? And they found the perfect new build home, but they need to sell first? Connect your customer with Opendoor and they'll get a preliminary offer within minutes. Go to opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Opendoor. And again, I, I read, uh, we were going to go through it in depth. Maybe we'll do it next time. Eric Wu has a great article or interview that he did with, a, with an organization. And then he just kept saying the same two words over and over and over again. Uh, certainty and convenience. That's what you're able to offer your customers with Open Door. All right, Definitely. on to the news. First up, uh, and this is a really short one, but it's a good transition point. Uh, from hoteldevelopment.com. Our hoteldevelopment.marriott.com uh, introducing apartments by Marriott Bonvoy. So Bonvoy is the overall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, club brand that that all of the different uh, properties for Marriott live under, and they've had apartments in their in their business unit for a while. They called them uh, Marriott Executive Apartments hmm. was their previous brand, and now they're cleaning it up and just saying Apartments by by Marriott. Bonvoy. And I, it just struck me that I think we're going to continue to see a blurring of the lines between renting, owning, how you get equity. We talked about um, uh, Flow, the the uh, new startup from the WeWork guy. His name's escaping me.
1: Don't like, I don't like, but Adam that's it, you get like points almost. And so you could transfer this
0: equity. Yeah, you're getting some it. form of equity. I think you're going to continue to see a blurring like a of all this, and I think it's smart for Marriott to do this because if you're already a Bonvoy member and you're in it for the points, which I know some people will, Deuterstadt, I'm talking to you, uh, only say it Marriott to, for the points. That's that's one great thing to connect it, but also if you like, if I if I was going to look for an apartment, I want the apartment to feel like all the best parts about staying in a hotel in an ideal world, like more space, but that, that connection of the brand is really important. And, you know, Brookfield residential Mattamy, some of these um, larger Canadian developers in particular have, have thought for a long time about the full life cycle of the customer, but how much of a great entry point is it if like when I was a kid holiday in Holiday Inn Express was the place. I'm not saying that Holiday Inn should have a building brand, nah. But there is this opportunity for Marriott to be like, hey, you're you're constantly exposed to us throughout your childhood and your family travels and worth those good good experiences, and now you can rent an apartment from us, and then you can get a a second home from us, and you can put all these things together through some type of points network. I just think there's a lot of interesting things that'll be continue to to watch as uh, as the lines blur. And all that.
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting.
0: All right. Uh, next up from do tips on list segmentation for effective prospecting from our very own Jesse Suggs. And I think some of this inspiration was still from pulled from the DYC summit and, uh, and the talk about, you know, communicating with your customer from uh bomb bomb. Uh, but she kind of dives in more specifically to, you know, very specific segmentation Targeted emails, follow through and piggyback. Just a really good, I mean, the temptation whenever times are tough is let's spam people more. Ooh. Not a good idea. Anything in particular you guys want to talk about from this one?
2: She talks about two. marketing needs to remember... Not to send out a big e-blast to every single person using the OSC's name. That's for one-on-one communication, not yeah. for marketing. And mm-hmm. also m- marketing, you need to talk to your OSCs when you know about the incentives, the new releases. It could be new photos for something. Make sure you're communicating that to your OSC because they need things to talk about. They need th- you know, they need answers to questions. So I think sometimes we forget. That we're talking about all these things, doing these things, sending out an e-blast, even if it is from marketing, but you don't tell the OSC. So when people are asking about it, they don't know. So it's important. Work together. Be a team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think just thinking about it intentionally and thinking from the consumer point of view, you know, Jesse put in there, now is not the time to spray and pray. Fun reference. But if you think about the email you get, you're like, these people send me an email every day. Like, what is wrong with them? Like, are they broken? Is something messed up? Yeah. Like, why? I could pull
0: up one just of my shop don't accounts right now. do what right you now. don't want. I could pull up one of my shop accounts right now and show you from a particular builder who every week sends two emails that have the same headline with a different number in it. And it just is continual. Here are homes that you might like in this entire metro area. Oh, geez. Not which, helpful the first time or two that comes out might be interesting, and it there might be some long tail things that come through that eventually. but in the in the big middle, there's a whole bunch of noise and a whole bunch of I don't need like to subscribes. see that again because not enough is different. And I think that's one of the other things when she talks about changing the the mediums, right? So you've got video email, you got regular email, you've got social postings, et cetera. But it doesn't have to just be the same message over and over and over again. It can be 90% the same with a slightly different adjustment. And so you get that repetition without being boring. And I think that's, uh, I forget where I saw that, but, you know, just this is the worst time to be boring in terms of what we do. And that kind of goes back to the description that I read out loud. And the other thing we don't want to do besides being boring, uh, Jesse says at the end, we don't want to come across as desperate. We want to come across as helpful. That's the value yeah. of what we do. And that that can be a fine line. And that's almost like when it comes to online sales right now, one of the mottos is when in doubt, send them out, get them out on an appointment with a salesperson. But when it comes to like interrupting our customer's day, I think that the opposite kind of applies. Like it's not when in doubt, hit send, send it out, the email. Yeah. Like do we have something of value to communicate? And if not, the other thing I've said on every call this past week is it is the job of everyone on this call to create an excuse to tell them about something new or different. We have to manufacture that if, the, if one doesn't already exist.
1: And then you think of it from like, well, what would I want to know? And then you create fun content. Yep. Use, useful content. That's a better word. Useful.
0: Next up from chief.com. I love this uh, article. Stop calling them soft. Why today's essential skills are anything but. And the implication is all of these quote unquote soft skills, empathy and intuition and, and all the rest are in an increasingly digital, increasingly automated, increasingly impersonal world, more and more valuable, more and more necessary to outperform others. And that using the word soft is incorrect. So I'm sure there are some thoughts on this one that we can have a good conversation about.
1: I don't, I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say or not What I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go from my personal life experiences and kind of, go, I have boy, boy, girl. Yeah. I have my wife, Lindsay, her mother's been a hospice nurse for 30 some odd years. Lindsay is just like her mother, empathy, human connection. She is like a 5 million out of 10. You give her numbers and details that are like technical, zero out of 10, maybe negative 5,000 out of of 10. Like she is just, she, and she's always been that way since I've known her looking at her kids. I'm like, that one's me, our oldest one, more particular, more detailed, likes what he likes, doesn't like anything else. He's totally fine with it. The middle one, "Eh, whatever, everything is on but the five-year-old, that's our daughter, her emotional intelligence and being able to communicate to me, she beats the boys. Like she's just like her mom and grandmother. So they're talking about like, as far as like, is our, at least what I got of it is like, can you train soft skills? I think to a certain extent, but to some extent, like that person's a great communicator. They're a great connector. Like that's just who they are. I think we could figure out like, well, how are they that way we could train it? We could be better, but to some extent, maybe that's not, I got, uh, I totally missed the let, point me, the article, let me, let so me share like, my
0: perspective just cause I, it's, it's, I'm off of my own experience. I, again, I jokingly say I don't like people, but that's because I don't get energy from people. So I am not mm-hmm. a social creature interactions. And uh, in, in fact, you know, my, my entire family would tell you dad doesn't speak very much because he's used all of his words up on his seven hours of zoom calls every day.
1: He ran out of words.
0: And even before I took my first job uh, or my second job at Heartland, I was not, no one would ever confuse me for having an extroverted personality. Um, Like I was the kid in church who was like, you can't clap because that's too expressive. You're certainly not going to like do anything more than clap, but (laughs) even clapping like, whoa, everyone slow down. So it was not my natural tendency at all to be. Uh, empathetic, expressive to make those kind of connections. And so I, on the one hand, I don't know how to fully credit that transformation in my own personal career. Like I can't name off exactly. I have some theories of how that change occurred, Mm. but I certainly wouldn't have been, no one would would confuse me for having been born with any of them. So again, I'm not helpful because I can't articulate how you can go through the same Growth. I <laughs>
1: well I, I feel like everything I want to say makes me sound like a, I want I'm trying to be a psychiatrist or like or make you sound like you're crazy or now something.
0: To, to, I, think, I think the first like, thing before before we let Julie hop in or, or your feedback is at the same point, uh, like Mike Lyons stage presence versus Kevin Oakley's stage presence. I don't right? like I don't I don't I don't aspire to to match his level because that is unattainable for me. That I can't I can't manufacture that type of energy. So there's still even limits to the amount that I, I can grow yeah. without, you know, taking extra Adderall or something else before, before I talk.
1: And my it. point being Mike Lyons charisma stage present, that's him. Like he, he can tra- train that a bit, but maybe, I mean, that's who he is. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was born that way. Okay. Julie.
2: I have so much to say. I love <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. First of all, I don't know what, I don't know why the word soft bothers them. Like the word soft is fine. That's, That's beyond the point. But that was like what the whole headline was about, Uh which was silly. I agree.
1: I'm not Um, a that either.
2: So we've talked to our kids before about they have, you know, everybody always asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, these jobs didn't exist when we were kids. We couldn't have said we wanted to be in digital marketing. My husband's job didn't exist. So we constantly tell them, you don't have to decide what you want to be. Mm. You have to get good. At learning and adapting and growing and have a mind for being curious and learning things. And so I think that's the skill that you're looking for in people. It's not a specific skill. It's that ability to be able to grow and learn and adapt and be curious and um, you know look for things you enjoy and then add on to that and be able to put things together. So I think that's part of what the big skill is and it's taking what you already have And then being able to build on that to, you know, to really have a skill at it. Um, Yeah, I I think, I think part of
0: the, I mean, obviously I don't know what the reader had, but the term soft, um, I don't hate it, but I think it implies that of the range of skills to be focused on and doing better at, right. It seems like it would have the least impact on your end product.
2: Yeah, they seem to think it means like unimportant, but I don't see it as that way. I see soft yeah. as a good thing because it's not mm. like a hard, rigid thing. It's more pliable is yeah. what I think of it. So it, that that doesn't bother me. Also, Steve Shoemaker almost didn't hire me, <laughs> almost hired the other girl interviewing because I had to take a personality test um, before they hired. And it showed that I didn't work well with others, that I wasn't a good teammate, <laughs> which I hope That's you all can hilarious. say I am. But what's funny is I do like to go in my little corner and like chip away at stuff alone because sometimes (laughs) that's how I think better. And I think that's what came across. So yeah, there are some things that are innate in us that may seem negative or positive that you can change the other direction.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe you think it's fair to say that some of the energy around the article comes from the concept that. How you get results doesn't matter, or like that general like i'm I'm just thinking like there's nothing around hustle culture generally speaking or any any of that that would say make sure you you show empathy that you create the right team it's like get the dang work done, do it faster, better, punch everyone else in the face kind of approach to life and And maybe they're just over indexing on the word soft, but that maybe that's where they're coming from.
1: I, so when I first read it, I'm like, this is, I'm not getting political. They're going, it it seems like it is driven more like, well, soft skills are more associated. Like, like my example, I said, Mm -hmm. my wife, my mother-in-law, my daughter, their soft skills innate, like they're they're born that way. Amazing. Doesn't mean like every woman is that way, but I think there's a layer of like, okay, soft skills are associated to women and that's what i'm reading for the article and looking up the people that wrote it and the podcast like there seems to be that sort of underlining yeah um inspiration i guess so they're to me they're they're trying to relabel soft into at the end they're talking about strong skills brave skills leadership superpowers which who's gonna use those those are all cheesy um (laughs) like how are your strong skills what do, you, what do you mean? Can I lift 50 pounds and yeah, be like, I love it. I, like I, all this stuff, I love this
0: conversation because I don't, I didn't, I mean, I knew, I know Chief is an organization designed for a specific purpose, you know, of, of improving um, women at, at executive roles in organizations. That, so that, that didn't surprise but, me and I don't and I didn't, have an I didn't. With, heard
1: of, I haven't heard of them, but I, with, I read them like, oh, I think that's the, that's yeah, there, which doesn't. Yeah.
0: But I do think in today's digital world, I guess this is where I, I just keep coming back to less about male, female or soft or hard to me what I if I was going to rewrite the whole thing, I guess it, to be as clear as possible, it would just be, um, humans are still really important, right? Yes. Like you can look at any task, anything to be done. And you could say this mindless faceless thing, be it AI or a, a narrowly defined process that just says you're the cog, you do this over and over again. That can get you results. But if you want to get outsized results, if you want to create a luxury experience, if you want to charge a premium for your product, you better have humans who act like humans in your organization. Not humans that derail and defocus into things that don't matter for the outcome of of the organization or their customers. Potentially right. as I think where you're coming from a little bit Andrew, but at the end of the day, if you don't have humans who can use their humanness to its maximum potential, you're not going to have the same results you could.
1: Hundred percent agree. Yeah, and that's I think that's their 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 that's probably the biggest point is. Uh, Where well, we go? The the notion contributes to the idea that hard skills are more relevant or or more important to a job than soft skills. Right. And I I, I mean, I think Which it depends. We, we know on, that's not true job. because it's I can't do all. math.
0: I cannot do math in my head, folks. I have to pull up a calculator, get Excel, whatever. And yet I'm constantly, for hours a day, teaching people how to look at and analyze math. No, right? but you so need, it's it's not because of my hard skill ability to do 52 times 34 in my head and know the answer. It is the softer skills that I'm using, which I have to overexpress due to the box of Zoom versus being in person.
1: And I think if we think about companies that we hold on a pedestal, like let's say Chick-fil-A for for some reason people hold them higher than McDonald's Burger King, all the other fast food places. And it's the soft it's we soft skills is what we're, they're trying to say, don't use that label anymore. Sort of. But to your point, like they're being more human than McDonald's McDonald's. Like you go there (laughs) it's been a long time since I've been there because I rather go to Chick-fil-A or say Starbucks versus Dunkin, at least down in the South. Dunkin is typically terrible customer service. Starbucks is better. And it's because they're being more humans to other humans versus like Look on the screen. Right. I have thirty-five seconds to get the order. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out.
0: Well, we had we had an employee on our team who had uh, a health issue, and we're talking through, and some some things kind of uh, balls got dropped, and things were not done because of that issue. I was like, why didn't you just tell me that this was happening? And you know, the reaction was because my previous employers would have said, I don't care about any of that. Like that's your business. You keep it with you. Just show up to work and do your job. Thank you. Mm. And so I think that's where we can, if we haven't experienced that ourselves, you're like, you don't realize that that a lot of places do tell people to, to leave themselves at the door and be as as it's little terrible. human as possible so as not to distract from all of those hard skills getting done. You're a robot. All right, Julie, be, round us be out. Be, well, be anything, more human. Anything else?
2: No, I like it. I think just, yeah, I like it. Humans be human and be flexible and willing to grow.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. Next up from search New report shows Google cost per lead has increased for 91% of industries. The data was pulled from over oh, 79,000 client campaigns running search ads from October, 2021 through September of 2022 industries that saw a decrease in cost per lead are finance and insurance And education and instruction, everything else a lot higher.
1: (laughs) I want to know the date range because
0: we just said October 2021 through September 2022.
1: Okay, there we go. My brain was, I was looking at the CPC, Um, the cost per click changes from 2019 to 2022. Yeah. That was interesting, provided by WordStream, it looks like. So, hmm, I feel like if this was a chart, some of the finance, that'd be quite different. Back half the year,
0: yeah. Versus I mean, what's of the year. interesting is that the traffic what, what I'm taking from this is cost per click has marginally increased. The cost yeah, per lead is what is is where the growth has come. So it's I guess yeah. because misery loves company. We're telling you that it's not just home builders that are having a challenge getting people across the the sale finish line. That getting a sale. Um, or, or a lead and like, taking that next step is a lot harder than getting people just to interact. Yep. But that that's, that's not exclusively a home builder challenge, even though we know that because of interest rates, home builders are having to deal with it more specifically.
1: Seems like it's almost like a demand because if demand's high, cost per lead is going to be low. I think that's a mm-hmm. safe assumption. Exactly. So, arts and entertainment, maybe that's a less priority. Travel, less priority, or people are just that this is, uh, Google ads cost per lead. So not cost per lead in aggregate or just, or just overall. So maybe travel, they're not going through Google. Like it's all TripAdvisor or they're looking on different Facebook groups. So they're just not going through Google as much because at least down here in Florida, ever, cruises are extremely popular. As soon as they open back up after COVID and the rules got more looser, more loose, all the agents I know, to travel agents and that do cruises—they're slammed as far as their bookings. Like they're mm-hmm. making a lot of money. Um,
0: yeah, so I just think the yeah, number the of changed. the number of searches being done and the amount of research being done on travel is higher. Like yeah. I think I think you can't you can't really.
1: So maybe demand isn't it's it's maybe there's well, yeah, it's I mean, it could, it could be a
0: combination of all that. It could be that demand yeah. is lower for something, but it can also be that something gets elongated. And the consumer feels like they need to be a more responsible consumer than just let's do one search for something. And, oh, my gosh, it's in stock. Click order. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, um, I'm just going to, you know, research wait. for a week or two and then I'll make a decision.
1: That's right now. Like, imagine being in e-commerce right now. You're probably not selling anything because you have Black Friday coming up. People are like, well, I'll just wait. And then, you uh-huh. know, Black Friday gets pushed like pre-Black Friday sale. And so you're just, yep we're, we're training marketers Businesses also, are training people what to do.
0: Yeah. Behavior. Also, take take a look at the industries with the highest cost per click. This is cost per click now, not cost per lead. Yeah. Attorneys and legal services. Your old world, Andrew. Eight dollars and forty six cents per click. Dentists mm-hmm. and yeah. dental services. Six dollars and sixty nine cents a click. Home and home improvement. Five seventy four. That does not include. Do you convert in that category? Because um, we're no. much closer. We're, we're sub a dollar still as the average on search, uh, business services, three hundred and eighty, industrial and commercial three hundred and fifty. I just can't imagine looking at a report that said for this year, our average cost per click was almost nine, nine dollars. I remember you're
2: not getting leads from that. I mean, not getting enough (laughs) leads for that. It was crazy. Also, it doesn't require
0: that many, that, that much loss of intent to Andrew's point to dramatically increase your cost per lead when every click is $9. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll try to send it to the team, a report from, this is years ago. I think it was, yeah, years ago for a very large personal injury farm down here paying, you know, 80, 90, dollars a click. But then, then you see the data on it after they invested, you're like, okay, that I'll spend that money on, oh, yeah, no, click. but I, yeah. you're like, still like, are you kidding me? Getting started in that is, that's, that's really why I left it because you have to, For that industry particularly have to cash flow it for like a year and a half then you get it's it's really like home building yeah build a Mm -hmm. house and you get closing essentially they have the the personal injury cases they front all the money for it and then it settles Goes trial two years later then they get paid so but i'll send it it's it's crazy but i eight dollars could you imagine we got 10 clicks today eighty dollars Yeah. yeah,
2: it just feels like everybody's hunkered down and so cautious right now. And it felt like it was just home building, but apparently it's it's in every area right now. So Yeah. Yep.
0: All right. Last from ecommercebytes.com. Meta updates their ad terms, granting itself more leeway in testing. Hmm. This is date of November 3rd, but essentially... Facebook updated its self-serve advertising terms to give itself greater leeway in running tests on all aspects of ads. The new terms take effect in January and spell out Facebook's rights to run tests, assessing formatting, relevance, pricing, reporting, targeting, and delivery of ads. And if you're in there often, as we are, you'll notice that they already, they keep adding, one, they keep crashing the system. They keep creating bugs and they keep blocking people favorite? out Done of accounts. Done is better than
1: perfect, I think you're, is her. Quota Here's the PSA.
0: Like. Make sure there are multiple people from your organization who have oh, yes. direct access, admin level access to your accounts at all yes, times. Please. please, everyone, do that. Two factor, do it all. Have and, backup in, and backups. Backups. In, in the current state of things, some people might say, Kevin, if I have four people from the company as an admin, isn't that a greater risk of something bad happening? My answer would be no. In today's world, no. Like you, you'd be better off having four people with access. And getting help from Facebook to undo something that one of those admins would do, then only having one or two people as admins, both of them losing their personal accounts and not being able to connect to that business account anymore. Yep. If you go in there, they're already, you know, heavily, if you post a video, it's like, hey, we'll optimize this video for you. We'll trim it. We'll, we'll redo the, the, what, what's, what's said when we'll add different captions to it or change the shading. They want more power. And I think that's what's interesting. We're watching, and have been watching Google try to create products that are more similar, in in using the algorithm to give you meta-like results. And now we're mm-hmm. watching, like the, the, the they're, they're just blurring their approach. I think it's really they interesting.
1: Are. I agree. Really yeah, well, I thought it was interesting on there. I didn't know this, but the um, by placing an order, you authorize us to obtain your personal and/or business credit report from a credit bureau either when you place an order or at any time thereafter. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't read it. Um, I've never seen (laughs) Facebook meta on my credit report, but I'll read the one that takes effect January uh, and January 3rd, 2023. You understand that from time to time, we run tests on our self-serve ad interfaces and related systems. So there's a lot more after that, but
0: part of me wonders is if this is also cleaning up the effects of some of the lawsuits we've seen around, um, like monitoring what consumers are doing. Hmm. Uh, and they're just trying to give themselves more legal wiggle room to say, we're watching everything all the time and learning all the time. That's just kind of cover. So I'd be interested to see if they actually, because I, I can't imagine, I mean, fa- meta generally doesn't really care about advertiser controls as much as you would think. Like that's why they don't have really teams who can help you because they don't really care what large... It's a self-serve platform. Uh, yeah, it's, it's self-serve. It's, medium, small business is kind of what, the, I mean, they, they certainly take uh, Heinz and, and large Crest money, but it's really built around small and medium businesses. I just can't imagine a small business owner seeing an ad and being like, that's not what I submitted to run. That doesn't say what no, I that wouldn't be good. wanted it to say and being okay with them just changing it all on the fly. Maybe maybe they do because all they want is the results yeah. and they don't care. But it's not been my experience with most small business owners that they.
1: I could see them doing things like Google, and this is where you talked about at least what I understood from what you said. Google having their recommendations, and then there's some that quote auto apply. I could see them doing some type of auto apply situation in Facebook, where like your that, radius that's what is I mean. a I mile. Think
0: I think they're leading they towards it to that a two or mm-hmm. something,
1: or they say that's, like, or they send you notification, notification, notification. In 30 days, we're going to switch this to two miles based on where your customers are located. Yeah. And they give the reasoning, apply the suggestion now, click here.
0: Yep. That's what I mean when I say they're going towards each other is that Meta started out giving you very granular controls on targeting, but then ultimately their their big win was saying, and we'll watch the customer behavior after the interaction and we'll inform Mm -hmm. that to auto-optimize targeting as the campaign goes on. And then on the other end, you've got Google wanting to say basically less targeting, less control, give us all authority. Give us the data.
2: So no. this is have y'all noticed that they've been giving people money like um for ad spend if they do A B testing? So are they watching that A B testing? Is that why they're doing it? So then they can get the data from the A B testing to then put that in more automated tools.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think. So. I think that that's kind of, again yeah your cl- good clarification that's what i was trying to express is all the automations that they're letting you like if you check the box let us auto optimize i think their concern is mm, we might not have legal cover to to analyze impl- i mean they do probably they're just trying to clarify yeah we're going to we're going to any optimizations we do we're going to learn from not yeah. just apply to help just you we're going to help everyone from the data that we see
1: yeah, yeah. i remember during the um Active part of the pandemic, whatever we want to call that, like when lock when there's people still locked down. Our Facebook rep, when Facebook reps were super, super useful, was like, Hey, if you have this builder, this builder, this builder with very high budgets, we can give up to, I think it was ten, twenty thousand dollars. Um, if you do this test, you will don't, they will match it. Yeah. They wouldn't just give away that. and so we were like, Oh, that sounds fun, but we still have to go to that builder and be like, Hey, do you have 20 grand? You want to test? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I also 20. we had someone from the academy class uh, post in in All Access. They're like, "Hey, they're offering me money from Google if I auto accept all their recommendations. Should I do it?" I was like, "No, no, please don't. <laughs> no, don't ever do That'd that." But it's interesting that they're, they're trying to bribe you with a hundred dollar credit in order to mm-hmm. to make five hundred dollars of your ad spend less effective. It's not a good trade off to make.
1: No, yeah. you're you're losing money.
0: No, not good at all. Yep. All right. Favorites. Let's round it out and be done. Julie, what do you got?
2: Andrew, you may have given me this. I don't remember with the secret Santa. Did you? It's a one. Somebody (laughs) from secret Santa from do you convert to me? It's a one line a day journal. And so just it has dates and one line a day and it's I'm on my second year of it. So it's getting more fun to see like what I wrote last year that was happening. So it's a fun little gift. You just write one little sentence every day, and I've done it for almost two years now. So mm, wow, make it.
1: And like, so it has pretty one cool. page for it has 365 pages, or yeah, and pages. it
2: just has like August 6th, and then you fill in 2021, 2022. So all of oh, okay. August 6th are all on the same page, so you can That's look cool. what was I doing. That's just what page I can. opened to. So. Very cool, yeah. fun,
1: Ooh, favorite things. Um, so I am making desserts for Thanksgiving. I like cooking. I don't know if people know that about me, but I like that's like one way I do serve others. I guess I enjoy cooking food. So I'm going through desserts now because that's what I wanted to do. So I made this this bread pudding. I don't know who likes bread pudding on the on the call. Anybody? Oh yeah, in, on the call.
2: I'm in Louisiana. I have to Louisiana, like in Louisiana, which bread I decided pudding.
1: it is the same as French toast, baked French toast, which is the same as like monkey bread, like it's bread with cinnamon, milk, sugar. And the ratios change, right? It's just like more of this, less of that. So anyways, I did this bread pudding. It was ridiculous. It had white chocolate in it, butterscotch, a whole bunch of other stuff. It was amazing. So that's my favorite thing right now. I wish I had some. I need to make it for everybody.
0: Yeah. we. Uh, I, it I could give be terrible, to- though.
1: Bread pudding could be terrible very quickly. I'll
0: say on the food theme with you, Andrew, we... Uh I last two Ooh. years I've given everyone on the marketing side. I guess I should do it to this online sales side now that they're all, all right. gonna hear about it on the podcast. <laughs> um Amy's gourmet apples, which are Oh, that's a favorite.
1: Oh Lord.
0: the they're the best caramel apples in the country. They're enormous in size. And they have like Snickers, Butterfinger. Everything. Uh they're really famous for their um apple pie.
1: I hope I got one of those. Apple pie I don't Apple know if I did or not.
0: It's got white chocolate on it, so I'm not a fan because white chocolate is not chocolate. It's either oh,
1: apple pie, dunked caramel, apple with white Belgian chocolate. Yeah. Mm.
0: But those, uh, those, those are good. Great things for the holidays uh, if you entertain people that always, they're gone.
1: And no I will never buy one of those like in person if I'm at like a, I don't know, what would you call a chocolate place? Chocolatier. I Chocolatier. I wouldn't like, I will walk past the apples, not even look at them. But these are like, so they're, they're a premium product. They're like twenty bucks mm-hmm. each. They're well worth twenty dollars. Like there's and that's like context. I will ignore the apples at the chocolates yeah. here to go everything else. They are amazing.
0: If and you could if eat anyone it like watching three times records a video of themselves eating one of these apples in its entirety in a single non edited video, I will buy the apple. I'll pay for the <laughs> apple. But I don't think you I don't that's, think you could eat the apple. I mean, Andrew might if he I like mean, fasted all day and then I would just yeah. You
1: know. I mean you already you already bought some for me, so <laughs> <laughs> How many times can I do this? Um, yeah, they're I mean, when we did them, we I cut them up. The kids got like, like I don't. They last a long yeah, time in our they're house. Big. They're big. Like they're, they're large. They're apples. big, and the chocolate is dense. It's not like this little tiny skim layer. It's like yeah, quarter inch, three eighths of an inch. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I'll just a bonus one because I anything that people actually use that makes their lives better, I think is worth sharing. We asked someone on a call what their favorite thing was recently, and she said that her Remarkable tablet, which is that like Kindle looking thing that you can come to the pen, you can write on it, uh, keep all your notes in one place. It also works as an e-reader. But most things like that are the things you hear about someone buying and then putting away and never using again. I've had four or five mm-hmm. people tell me that that, that that really is something that they use routinely in mm-hmm. their everyday life. You know, in fact, it kind of broke my heart. But she's like, I used to have the Do You Convert notebook with all my marketing and summit hmm. ideas, and then I had the sales meeting notebook for all that stuff. And now it's all in one place. And so, if if it's something that enough people in my life have said they are still using a year later after they have it, I think that's also something that uh, people should. Looks,
1: looks pretty cool. Think about it. Also, by the time one?
0: you're, I do not have one. No. Okay. Um, by the time you hear this, we'll also have the. Um, holiday gift guide available from do you convert with a bunch of stuff that we've mentioned and other things that we haven't on there for you to to uh, do some online shopping and make your life a little bit easier that'll do it for this week thanks for listening be sure to send in your industry-related questions to show at do and we'll touch on them in an upcoming episode have a great week we'll see you next time
1: see ya
2: bye
0: MarketProof Marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at do It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.